Um, we've definitely heard of Sheriff. Like yeah. I've, we've heard of him, right? Yeah. I mean, we've heard of him, but yeah. But like, I still had no idea what country they were from. I'm not going to lie. And it stunned me even more that, they, that they were from Moldova. I, <laughs> bro, I thought Moldova was like a region in Europe. I didn't even know it was the country. <laughs> they can go hang out with the people of, uh, of um, Luxembourg. On today's footy corner, Arsenal leapfrogs Tottenham in the table after their North London Derby victory just three weeks after being last with Spurs in first. There's a new sheriff in town as a team younger than Arine beat European powerhouse Los Blancos in Madrid as a part of La Liga's double embarrassment. Liverpool and Brentford entertain in the West London shootout. Emmy Martinez psychs Bruno out as Villa upset United. And City gets the best of Chelsea at the bridge in a bit of a snoozer. Along with the typical knots of the week, predictions and gambling corner, next. And we are back on the footy corner. Maureen, how's everything going? Everything is going good. Um, at a very important meeting in uh, in London. Um, so I'm on the road back. I was getting some ITK sources for the pod. Other than that, uh, I'm doing great. Um, nervous in regards to some news I might be finding out soon. Might find out about it on the pod next time. We'll see. Um uh, <laughs> but yeah that's that's what it is uh how about you okay interesting stuff there it's uh it's okay it's been a it's been a crazy week but but i'm very happy about what happened over the weekend with my soccer team with my soccer team um we're not going to talk about the bears we're not an nfl podcast but we're definitely not an nfl podcast <laughs> but yeah no i guess not bad in general it's nice to be ahead of stuff but i got a couple meetings uh tomorrow or i guess today when you're listening to the pod think of me in my meetings i we've got some babbler that talks a lot and it's one of those meetings, but, uh, but yeah also happy friday it's friday what happened? it's friday so happy friday, friday. You, you, you have the radio on do i have the radio on yes no oh, okay. i don't have anything on right now actually okay. what you hear is just the wind blowing from the fucking outside because i'm going 82 miles per hour right now oh my god yeah, you probably Good. slow down all right probably probably all right well speaking of going 82 miles per hour that's what uh we'll start off that's what arsenal was doing on sunday gotta start with the north london derby uh three one winners over over tottenham smith row a bombing and Saka scoring in the first half and you know they kind of settled out and, and son did add one for tottenham a little consolation goal uh late in the match uh, Saka becomes the youngest player uh, with a goal and an assist in a North London Derby since who in September of 2007? Trivia question right off the bat. Cesc Fabregas. Yeah. Yep. It was. I mean, I guess any question that deals with Arsenal, you just you just go with Cesc Fabregas. Um, no, no, just when they're young, Cesc Fabregas, because um, Bergkamp played a good amount of Inter Milan before and Henri at Juve and uh, some other French team I can't remember. So uh, Fabregas was at Arsenal since he was like four. Shout out Gilfie Sigurdsson. So yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So <laughs> he went off. Uh, the, the team was doing so well that a, a fan, I caught this somewhere, a fan named Ola Matolo on Facebook commented, Smithrow is on fire 
You can only wish Arsenal play like this all the time, but most times they play like someone that swallows alligator. So there was that. Uh, shout out to Ola Matt Ola on Facebook. Or, you may be. I have a question for you. You might know this. Who's younger, Mel Smith Rowe or Saka? Uh, I believe Saka is younger, actually. Yeah. Really? I would have yeah. thought it was the opposite for some reason. You wouldn't think it because, yeah, because Saka broke straight in, but Smith Rowe went on two loans. He was at Huddersfield and he also went to Red Bull for a little bit. So he also um, looks kind of, I don't know, whatever. He does. He does. But, but yeah, hey, these guys, I mean, these guys showed up. Uh, what was your take, you know, on that first half performance? Cause I know you were watching. Um, I don't know. It, it went as I expected, if I'm being honest. Really? You thought they would, they would dominate the play that much. Like I, I knew Arsenal had it in, but I didn't think they'd play that well. Yeah. I think with the lineup that they, I mean, I anticipated the put for them to put out a lineup kind of similar to what they did. And I, if you want to listen to the last podcast, I kind of called it exactly. I said Gabriel would pocket Harry Kane. I said the only goal from Spurs would come from Sun. And I said Emil Smith-Rowe, if you haven't seen him, is a really good player. And he scored. Harry Kane didn't score. Gabriel back pocketed. I mean, I called it, bro. I, the only thing I called was a 2-1 victory and not a 3-1 victory. That's literally the only thing I messed up. I even called the bombing scoring. So, yeah. I mean, I saw this coming. If you watched Arsenal play... Which, again, I know you you probably don't want to hear this, but I don't think most people have seen Arsenal play. You can see who's good and who's not and maybe what the good matches will be and how different their team looks when these injuries when these injuries are healthy. Talking about Thomas Party and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they look different. And if you notice the trend with Tottenham recently, with form and how they look with Harry Kane in the lineup, you just see, like, matchup-wise, it's, it's not good. For Tot, the matchup, the how they're playing, everything is just pointing at what the result was. So I was not shocked. I mean, how about you? Yeah, I was going to say actually, you, you make a very good point. A lot of people forgot, you know, it was because it was shoot open shooting season on the Gunners early, and, and people forgot that you know they said, well, you know, they spent the most money, and and this is how they play, and people didn't realize, well, those signings weren't playing in those first two, three games, right? Ben White had COVID. Uh, you know, you, you even think of someone like Aaron Ramsdale was on the bench for, for Bern Leno. Um, and you could see people that haven't seen Arsenal can see the energy that, that uh, Aaron Ramsdale brings. Uh, the, the, the Japanese lad, Tomiyasu is pretty good. Actually. He, he, uh, he covers the right back position pretty well. He was a late pickup. And to me, the key in this game was uh, Martin Odegaard in the first half. Uh, he was finding those open spaces, which, Tottenham did leave wide open uh, and, and he was really making them pay in finding spots, opening passes. Uh, he kind of was the metronome that they were working through in my opinion. And, and man, I, I, I will say I did, I did know they had something like this, but I was still shocked with how well they moved the ball. Uh, and, and, you know, speaking of Tottenham on the other hand of it, you, you know, you're right. Uh, they've been struggling. They haven't gotten anything going with Harry Kane still has no goals, no assists in the premier league. He did score in the Farmers Conference League today a couple a few times. Uh, but, you know, Tottenham, speaking of which, they're only the second team in Premier League history to win their first three games of the season, then lose their next three. You know, you, speaking of calling things I talked about, you remember this two pods ago. I said, you know, if, if Tottenham lose their next two and Arsenal win their next two, we pass them after being first and, and they were first and we were 20th. 
So do you know yep, who the other and, team is? Uh, what was that? I said, yeah, you, you actually called it. I'm not going to lie. When you said it, I kind of doubted it because it's wild for a team to lose three like that. But uh, I guess if you were catching on to trends earlier, then, I mean, could have seen it coming maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so so Tom has a little bad history on their side here, right? Win three in a row, lose three in a row. Only one team's done it. Your rival, well, kind of rival, Everton in 93-94. And guess where they finished when they did that? They, they started out 3-0 and then lost the next three. Where do you think Everton finished the year they did that? Eighth? Nope. 17th. So uh, wow. maybe it doesn't bode so hot for Tottenham. We'll see. I guess my question to you is this. We, we look at that match, and you can tell it's teams trending in different directions. Is this a bigger sign that Arsenal might be getting their things together and, and might be hitting that top, you know, five or six, because let's face it, one through four are kind of untouchable right now. Or is it really big time caution for Tottenham and Nuno? Because Arteta was in this position three weeks ago, uh, you know, and Nuno might turn it around. But but what does it show? What does this highlight more that Tottenham, you know, conceding three plus goals in three consecutive matches? Um. If I'm being honest, I think it says more about Tottenham than Arsenal. The only reason why I say that is because even though Arsenal is trending upwards, their victories weren't necessarily anything to brag home about, if that makes sense. And Tottenham had lost 3 nothing before on the skid. Like, this isn't their first rodeo, losing 3 nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just... We, if, if Arsenal, it's just the, the health, just staying healthy. When they are healthy, they can very well be a top six team. You know what I mean? There, there's no doubt in my mind that they're capable of it. But then again, you know how we always talk about depth and teams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And granted, it helps that Arsenal's not in European competition, but yep. Thomas Party the last year or two, uh, you know, you've seen him up and down. And then, you know, is Lacazette really you know, he's probably on his way out. He needs to buy into this whole system. And there's a lot going on there, you know, as far as like, I don't know if they have much depth. And then there is, you know, the squad still needs to believe in Arteta. And, is, and, and we, we still need to consider is Arteta a good manager? Just because you, I was smart at Nuno and this Spurs team doesn't mean necessarily, you know, you're going to be doing this all season. So we need to see that more from Arsenal. Tottenham though, I definitely would worry because, They've just looked awful for a, a string of games. And if, if this keeps up and like, I, I can't see that, I, like a, them winning a game. If this, if this play keeps up and it makes you think, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to keep Nuno? If, if results keep heading waywards, like a, the way they're, the way that they're playing in every competition is worrying, you know, worrisome, you know, if you're a Spurs fan, you should be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and I said this last episode, but if you're Nuno, you can't afford to keep playing like this. And I know you're saying if you bench Harry Kane, you're going to be on the hot seat if you lose. But at this point, if you're Nuno and you lose any game, you're going to be in the hot seat regardless. You know what I mean? I don't care if you start off 3-0. If you're losing the way that you're losing, and you know if you're a Tottenham or Arsenal supporter, and it doesn't matter how your team's doing. You lose this bad to the other, to the other North London team, it's going to fucking cause smoke up your ass. So yeah. um, that's uh, that's why I'm saying it's so a lot. If, if it was the other way around, Arteta might be fired. That's what that's what I'm saying. To you right oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think. Uh, what, what, what's your analysis on that on the trend topic? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just I, I I was happy. I think comprehensively, this is one of the better performances we've seen of Arsenal under Arteta. Uh, and I'm trying. I think I'm starting to buy into the fact. And there will have there will be down games when you have a young team. I think I saw a stat uh, in the game that said they have the average youngest starting lineup this season out of all teams. So they're one that yeah, I think I think this kind of highlights more of Tottenham's deficiencies. I mean, definitely a different team than we saw the first week against Man City that won. And now, you know, they they are just like Arsenal pined for the first international break. I think Tottenham's looking forward to the second international break because they need to regroup. Nuno needs to figure it out. Otherwise, he could be the first manager fired. Um, that is if Daniel Fark uh, never, you know, depends. If he never wins a game again, I don't know. That, that guy might be close to. Uh, but, yeah. So, you know, I guess we'll have to see what happens here. But Spurs need to get their defense together. They're all out of sorts. Three straight goals in three games. First time since September of 03. You know, they're they're uh, they're fucking about a bit here. And, and they're not going to the schedule. The fixture list isn't going to get much easier. So, um, yeah, with that said, we'll you good moving on to the next game. Yeah. All right. The one I thought we were going to kick off with and I thought kind of was a little more stale than than I was expecting. Chelsea nil, Man City won, uh, Gabriel Jesus the goal scorer there. And it's, it's as if it's as if uh, Ruben Diaz heard us last week when we were talking about all these other defenders that are maybe better than him. City have conceded 22 goals in the 38 matches that Ruben Diaz has played. And they'd given up 39 in their previous 38 before. So another clean sheet for city. Um, I think they have the best defensive record in the league right now. They just gave up that goal to Tottenham. And since then they haven't given anything up, but my question to you is, were you a little underwhelmed with what Tuchel brought, with what Chelsea brought to the table in this match? Yeah. Um, the reason why I can't consider Chelsea a top, top team is because I still I still see them playing scared against big teams. Does that make sense to you? But like, I saw it in this match, yeah. Yeah, and I saw it against Liverpool too. Um, <laughs> well, they had a red card. <laughs> even up to that point, you okay. know, honestly. Yeah. Um, you can't you can't be a dominating team if you can't play your same style against all these teams. And I just don't think Chelsea can do it, honestly. I don't know what it is. I know everyone is boner left and right about them. And I, you know what, you might have the right to, but something just doesn't seem right with like with them for me in the moment. I feel like if a team is on form and a top quality team, mm-hmm. Chelsea this is going to sound wild, but Chelsea doesn't scare me as much as it should. They should. Yeah, they were underwhelming. And I mean, Man City's obviously a really good team. And actually, I said Diaz because you said who's been the best defender since last year. I said you got to give it to Diaz. I mean, it'd be harsh not to, not to say that. It's definitely not Rudiger. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brian threw Christensen's name out in there too, I think is banter maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think and I think he's a product of a good defensive system. That's my philosophy on it. Right. That suits her. But yeah, I think this is, I think this is, um, I think this kind of goes to show that I still hold city in higher regards than Chelsea. I think you have a manager and a team that knows what they're capable of and not afraid to kind of go at you and, and implement their style, you know, not change the game plan too much. Um, kind of trust their players a little more. Um, how do you see it? Well, I was a little, I, I expected Chelsea on the road. I can understand that, but they were at home. So I really, 
really thought they'd play through Lukaku and they do. It's not like they don't have attacking players. So I, you know, I don't know, you know, you, it sounds like you're saying that city are a better team. So Chelsea were simply outclassed. I think they, someone in this match may have been out, out managed to the point where to me, Tuchel kind of rolled out the exact same game plan that he did to win champions league. And that's great. Cause you won that. That, that was a huge match and he won that, but someone like Pep Guardiola is going to know, you know, okay, if this is what they did last time, this is how he can figure out after watching the tape how to stop that. And when you bring the same thing to this match, I, I don't know. I was just a little surprised that they were naive enough to bring the same, the same kind of um, strategy, I guess, would you call it to this match? You know, so uh, I, I kind of think Tuchel lost this match. Now, I'm not saying get rid of him by any means. He's been a great manager. I just think this is one he's going to have to learn from and uh, they'll have to figure out because I, I thought they could have, you know, a team if a team like Tottenham – can win against City, you know, and again, they were off that day, you know, then you could kind of thwart them. I was also Tottenham without Harry Kane. That's true. Well, well, yeah, but then you, you could think that, hey, Chelsea can throw some of their quick guys up top. They have a bunch of fast wingers too. And, and you know, you think Tuchel could kind of pick up the, the, the blueprint, but no, I was very underwhelmed with their performance. But again, you know, every, you know the top four within a point, the goal differential is, is close. Uh, you know, the other thing I want to note is Chelsea have given up two goals this season, right? They gave one up to Jesus, Gabriel Jesus. They gave one up to Mohammed, Salah. So they just need to hope there are no more biblical characters that they're playing against because uh, that's the only two they've given up. I want to give a shout out to Steve uh, who, who found that what stat What do you mean, out. Mohammed Salah? Mohammed yeah. the prophet. Yes. And then you had Stella Gabriel Jesus. You had Jesus scoring on him this time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They was asked if they were going to be playing against Moses, but lucky for them, they had Moses and they loaned him out about 500 times. So, yeah. Shout, shout out Moses. Um, I have to Liverpool. What happened? They loaned him to Liverpool once. We've seen him play they in our jersey <laughs> before. You and me. Yeah. They, they did. He's, I mean, he's been loaned to about three quarters of the Premier League, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Now, here's, a, here's an interesting question. Man City are a team we think, I mean, Jesus scored, but we know that that's a team that's looking at a number nine. And there was a debate brought up on TalkSport, and I thought that'd be interesting just to just to ask what you think. And I might ask our, our listeners too, at the footy corner too, if City can dip in and buy a striker, would you pick Harry Kane based on what you've seen in the last, in the first month of the season, or would you go for Mikel Antonio? <laughs> You take care because Gat Agbonlahor said on current form, I'm picking Antonio, but uh, I guess he so he said, uh, sorry, right now, based on so you said you still go Harry Kane. He said, right now, he'd take Antonio, which was, I think maybe they just had him say that on Talk Sport as a hot take, but I thought that was a bit interesting based on the striker. I would take Harry Kane, okay. I think that's just one of those things that. People kind of overreact to what's happening in I, the here and now. Again, yeah, again, I, I want to say what might differ for me and Gabriel Abungahor's opinion is <laughs> shout out Gabriel Abungahor, by the way. Um, <laughs> I actually like them at Villa, believe it or not. But um, I think he's more saying, I think he's blaming Kane for his form, where I'm so more so blaming the system in which Harry Kane's playing and possibly the situation he's in with, you know, Spurs management, you know, not, not Nuno, I'm talking upper management. So I don't, 
I'm not saying it's Kane's ability that's not there. I think it's other things, which could easily be reversed if he, get, if he goes to Man City. Yeah. Well, again, that's one that, I don't know, maybe we'll have to monitor in January because the Tottenham should have sold them. They, they really missed the boat there, uh, at least for the system they're playing now. All right, uh, let's go to a game that I thought was the most entertaining game of the weekend. Um, you, you know, it frustrated you. I, I remember we actually saw this together. Frustrated you and other Liverpool fans to an extent, but I thought it was the most back and forth game out there. A 3-3 draw, Brentford and Liverpool um, in West London. Uh, the goals for Brentford were from uh, Pinnock, uh, Yanalt and Wisa, and then Jota, Salah, and Curtis Jones with a screamer scoring for Liverpool. Again, a lot of back and forth. Uh, Mo Salah, congratulations to him on his 100th goal. Did it in 151 Liverpool appearances, which is the fastest ever to do that in a Liverpool in Liverpool history. Um, and Steve noted that 46 of those don't have a registered assist. But how many of those would, would be penalties then, you think? About half? No. You don't think you don't think twenty of them were penalties? I don't know, maybe, but I, he's that good. I don't care what anyone says. He's just he's the second best one. striker. He's the second best striker I've ever seen play in a Liverpool jersey. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, with the first being Suarez. Yeah, he was wild. All right, uh, I guess again, probably the best match of the week. Um, Liverpool, you know, despite the frustration on your end, Liverpool still leave the week. Atop the table, my question to you, I'll just ask you as a Liverpool fan, how do you feel in general about the match and then the result? Again, taking into account, it's at Brentford. We've already seen Brentford. Not, you know, I know there's a gap between Arsenal and, and, and Liverpool. Took Arsenal down at home, uh, and I think they're going to frustrate some teams at their home. But, but how do you feel about this match and result? That's, I, I understand that, and I understand that's a tough game. But if you're trying to get to the goals that Liverpool's trying to get to, doesn't matter. Like, I told you the teams that I'm fine with Liverpool drawing. Brentford mm-hmm. is, should be, when you look at the schedule, Brentford should be six points. Um, and you said it depending on, you said I also asked how they played. I was also very upset with that because we outplayed them. I know you're saying it's back and forth, but chances were clearly more on Liverpool. Um, but that just goes to show that I feel like when Liverpool was up three to two, there were some open nets that were missed. There were, there were chances missed that could have solidified that three points and Brentford saw their chance and got it. Um, it shouldn't take Curtis Jones Kramer to give us a three, two leader. You know, it shouldn't, I understand Brentford's tough. It gives teams difficulty, but still beating those teams is what's going to separate first from second. You see what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. how I do it at, at where we're at as a Liverpool supporter and where I put us at as far as our goals and what we want. So I was I was not happy with the result. I mean, I was happy with how our attack was creating chances, but what's chances created without finishes? So it's nothing. That's the answer. It's a hypothetical question. So um, – not happy, honestly, you know, and if you're happy about that result with, and you're saying, Oh, we played well, well, go support Jose Mourinho's teams that win one, nothing then because I, I, I don't know what to say, man. I, I, I care. 
No, that's opposite of what I said. I want to see results. That's what I mean. We need three points. Draws are okay against City. They're good against Chelsea. They're not good against Brentford. I don't care how you put it, how you say it. It's not acceptable. That's how I look at it. And congrats to Mo Salah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you this just quickly about Brentford. How many points will they take at home off of Tottenham, Chelsea, and Man United? And Man City. So four games. Who? Wait, can you say the teams again? Tottenham, How many Chelsea, points will Brentford get at United? home? Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, Man City. I hope a lot, but I don't think as much as we think. Four? At home? Yes. No. No. Two. Oh, two. So yeah. two draws. Okay. Two max. All right. All so those teams should be Brentford at home. If you're a betting man, would you what would would you bet a draw for any of those or Brentford to win, honestly? Maybe what Tottenham. What do you expect? Maybe Tottenham. A win? I think a win or a draw against Tottenham, yeah. The way Tottenham's playing now depends. You know, I guess it depends when you play him too. Uh, but when I put it like that, doesn't it make sense that maybe that was a bad tie, right? Yeah, I guess I guess the uncharacteristic thing for me was the defense. Uh, you know, they were there were 16 shots to 12. Uh, Liverpool did outshoot them. They outpossessed them by a lot. Uh, and, and I guess back and forth, I meant maybe in terms of the goals because it was like a seesaw affair essentially. Yeah. But. But yeah, you know, I, I guess if, if I were to pick out a disappointing aspect, you know, I expected on some of those goals, there were just some small breakdowns that you're not used to seeing. Uh, and, and I mentioned it during the game and you, you heard me say it. I, I thought Fabinho was at fault for, for a little, you know, for a couple of them that I don't see him usually making those mistakes. So I don't know if it was just on the day. It was a, it was a rough outing. Maybe he had some bad food the night before and he wasn't moving as well. Uh but yeah, you know, that was the uncharacteristic part to me. The, the, the attacking was there. It's just that the defense, something was a bit off uh, off of that. And and Brentford attacked the the opposite side of, of uh, Van Dyke. They they went at Matip's side. So um and, and they struck gold a little bit. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And and again, I I, I will continue to captain Salah in fantasy. I mean, he just, he's a goal scoring machine. He might be the best player right now if you if you Took right now, out of all the players, there's the only one. Yeah, there's only one player in the world I think that rivals him as far as form goes, and that's Kareem Benzema of Real Madrid, who we will talk about later today. Interesting result for Real Madrid, but but yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I don't think there's anything to worry about. You guys are in first, and you go from there. You got a big match coming up this next weekend, and without Trent Alexander Arnold, oh, that's true, but it's at home. So let's see. The crowd can propel you guys. Uh, speaking of a, a team whose crowd did not propel them to victory, Man United at Old Trafford losing 1-0 to Aston Villa House with the goal in the 88th minute. He then gave up a penalty. The lad that scored a thumping header gives up the penalty in stoppage time. And who steps up? Bruno Fernandes, or Fernandes, as some of us would call him, and misses. I mean, completely skies it, kicks it to the moon. It's his first miss. To be fair to him, everyone started shitting on him. It's his first miss since October of 2020 against Newcastle, and it's only his second ever miss in a Man United jersey, and he's taken 23 kicks. Um, And he did apologize. Like, he – did you see he wrote, like, an entire apology 
to the fans for his penalty miss. He felt, he felt horrendous. He looked like he was going to cry. Uh, my question to you, I guess, first of all, is it fair to say that Ronaldo will probably be taking these penalties from now on? Um, this is a wild route I'm currently taking to get home. Um, no. I mean, <laughs> no, man. I mean, I feel bad for Bruno, bro, because he – could you imagine hitting like 90 billion pens in the, the one pen that says to you like, nah, man, that can't be – that wouldn't be good. Because he's been the guy for so long, and you, when he misses one pen out of all those conversions, you can't just take him off, man. But I think, you know what? I really I, did. You hear what Emmy Martinez said to him though, like when he was yelling at him or trying to get in his head. Steve did send us a video. Shout out Steve about him yelling stuff. I don't know what it was. Yeah, um, he was saying, "Let Ronaldo take it. Let Ronaldo take it. Come oh yeah, on, that- have Ronaldo take it." Yeah. And it was. Pointing at Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, well, and and that and that, uh, you know, that might have that might have done it. It put a little seed of doubt, you know, in his head, knowing that Ronaldo's on the pitch. Uh, you know, my my take though is this: you know, it's it's that no matter how well your taker has been, when you have Ronaldo on your team, I think you just have to let him take it. I I know that I've called him Penaldo before. I know I've made fun of his attitude, but. If you have him anywhere near your team, no matter who's been taking him before, I think you got to let Ronaldo take. I mean, the only time I've ever seen Ronaldo miss really? a penalty, the only time I've ever seen him miss a penalty was against Iran. It was wild. And I'm sure, I mean, I know there have been other ones, but I would have, I don't know. I just feel like if he's on the pitch, and I also do think there was an aspect of Bruno in the back of his head thinking, okay, well, it's either me or him. And, and, and it maybe put a little more pressure on him. I really do think that. Um, but Hey, but Emmy Martinez, shout out to him for using that to his advantage. That's a smart, smart play from a veteran goalkeeper. Uh, you know, you know, outside of that, and that's the other thing, Bruno. So I'll briefly read Bruno's apology. He says, I've always assumed my responsibilities and I've always embraced them under pressure in moments like this. Today I failed, but I took a step forward and faced the challenge with the same ambition and responsibility as when on many other occasions, the ball ended up in the net. Uh, he says some other stuff. He says, today, I once again took the responsibility given to me almost since I joined United, and I'll take it again without any fear or dread whenever called upon. So right. the most important thing for me is to win together, and I'll always do everything I can to help my teammates and the club be the best they can be. And a lot of his teammates, I guess, supported him. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, I guess we'll see. We'll see who takes it next. Uh, but outside of that, United had 28 goal attempts and only four were on target. And you called it. I'll give you. I'll give you the the props here. They look quite stale, and you kind of mentioned that a bit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, um, I took it the wrong way. <laughs> um, Weird. Yeah, um, I'm definitely in a dodgy part of Chicago. So, <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, 100%, dude. They they don't look good. Like I said, the only player that looks like he's really consistent is Ronaldo. That's why I said Ronaldo is surprising us. But um, but their team just isn't, bro. And I feel bad. For, do you feel bad for Bruno at all? Or are you just laughing um, at this point? I'll admit when it happened, I laughed because it looked like he was kicking a field goal. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, sitting back on it, 
I, I kind of do do feel bad. He had been playing so well. And it's a well-known fact that when he and Ronaldo, they've tried playing them together at Portugal, and it doesn't really work out well. And it kind of seems like United, not that Ronaldo's bad. Ronaldo's a great player. He's Like you said, he's been their best player. But it seems like they kind of just bought him so City doesn't have him. And by doing that, I think it's – what was that? I said, wow. I mean, it's true. And I think by doing that, of course, the fans are having nostalgic moments. But, again, you look at the team, you look at the team, someone like Bruno might be suffering a bit. You know, he takes he takes up a position that I get he's up top. But you feel like maybe someone like uh, Jaden Sancho might play a little more or Mason Greenwood could play up top a little more. Um, so I feel like he might be hampering the development of the other players. Again, he's he's been their best player. He's been fun to watch. Uh, but I blame I don't blame him. I blame United for for maybe doing something like that. And you, and you think you can only start Ronaldo or Bruno? You can't. They can't coexist. Well, that's proven to be true for Portugal and for United so far. You've seen Ronaldo shine, but Bruno hasn't really done anything, and then he just missed this penalty. So I don't know where his confidence going to be. Uh, but we're going to have to see them do this against teams not named Newcastle, right? This Newcastle's the only impressive game that they had, and that was Ronaldo's but first game. What, what like message are you sending to Bruno if you bench him after one missed penalty after I don't know how many he's converted? Like, what message are you sending to that? Like, oh, I wouldn't would you as a player be a little disrespected if you pulled through for your team so many times you make one mistake? Wouldn't you outraged? I would, I, but but I would, you know, I wouldn't bench him. I wouldn't bench him. I'm just saying that United's board has kind of done this. I'm saying even take him off pen duties though, because some people would take that pretty hard. I mean, I would take that hard as a player. You know, if if I converted, you know, let's say 49 out of 50 times, and if I miss once, and they say, you know what, sorry man, you're off, I'd be like, bro, what the fuck, like what? I'd I just listen, of- mate. It's it's yours until you miss. Then it's Ronaldo's until he misses, and it's you again. So you better be ready to take one. Aren't you putting more pressure on that player though to take the when he's taking a pen, knowing that if I miss this, not only have I just missed a goal, I've I've lost my spot to take pens for Manchester United. Well, part of you hopes that the player has a has a good mentality and 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 it breeds competition and. Maybe they practice it more, and, and, and they're hitting all their corners. So <laughs> I don't think Ronaldo and Bruno need more practice at pens, bro. <laughs> well, 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 then I I would just say you know you keep shooting till you miss, then it's the next guy up. So if that okay. puts more pressure on them, then I don't know. So if they're you had one, if you had one shot in the World Cup to to hit a penalty to to win the World Cup, and you were Portugal, would you put Bruno Fernandez or, or Ronaldo there? I'd let, Ronaldo, I'd let Ronaldo take it. Yeah. Because to me, he's, he's very clutch. He's very clutch. I mean, you, we'll mention it later, but you saw in Champions League, he scored a winning goal late. He's clutch. Fair play. Simply put in I'm my I'm not going to argue that because your points, I mean, it's <laughs> correct. I can't. Because I can't, no. you said it's to win the World Cup. It's not just like a normal pen. If it's a normal pen, then it's a little more debatable. But to win the World Cup... I say, okay, this guy's ice in his veins. Nasty. Uh, yeah, I'll take him. But but overall, United just they need to figure out, mate. I think I think you were onto something. Uh this might be an overreaction, but I guess I mean we'll learn a lot from them uh in this week's match that they have. So we'll see yeah. how they 
how they fare out. Uh, just a couple matches that I kind of took in conjunction here together because I have a question you based on these teams. Leicester drawing with Burnley 2-2. Two, two. Um, Vardy did have a hat trick, but one was on the wrong goal. So he had an own goal and Cornet scored, who's been really good. Maxwell Cornet from Lyon. Uh, hey, boy. Lyon to Burnley. He, I've seen him in two games against Arsenal, and I saw him in bits against Leicester. He is a menace. He's good. And if Burnley gets relegated... Someone's gonna. Someone's gonna get. Also, that speaks volumes, by the way, on the Premier League for a player to leave Lyon to go to Burnley. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the I most do that. flair I've even it's, today. I wonder. Yeah, it's the most flair I've ever seen from Burnley in my life. This player, because uh, yeah. you think of just a bunch of lug nut, you know, just a bunch of goons. Yes, and they're the yeah. Philadelphia Flyers of the of soccer. They pretty much are, yeah. I mean, you've had managers go off about that, but but Vardy scoring two, still not enough. Leicester was at home. They drew Burnley. The other result I want you to think about or people to think about is Crystal Palace won, Brighton won, Zaha scoring in stoppage time of the first half, Neil Maupe saving the point for Brighton late in the 90-plus five-minute. For those listening, Brighton had a chance to go top of the table had they won this match. Um, they don't. Uh, but I just wanted to mention, you know, Brighton and Leicester are two teams I'm looking at. Brighton being one that is doing probably better than what people expected. Leicester doing a lot worse than what people expected. My question to you is, who finishes higher in the table this season? And I will ask this on a poll, or the, the intern will place this at the footy corner too. Who finishes higher this season, Brighton or Leicester? Wow. I'm, I'm going to go with Leicester. But can I just go off on a little rant? And I just sure. put someone off for it. Yeah, so I'm like I'm like three cars. I literally, literally just flicked this lady off. Um, I'm three cars behind the person in the front, and the light had just turned green, and the lady behind me honked her horn. Now I know it wasn't directly at me, but she did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just waited for her to turn left and gave her a, a nice a nice. My, I have big fingers, a big middle finger. So um, <laughs> don't be one of those people. Don't be a dickhead that honks your horn for that. All right. Uh, but yeah, Leicester well above Brighton. Well above them. Yes, I think Brighton's going to dip definitely. Okay, Brighton six points ahead of them. I got thirteen points out of six matches, where Leicester has seven out of six. Um, you know, take into account too that Leicester plays in Europe. Um, they had issues today. I guess uh, I saw they lost to Legia, um, and on top of it, Legia, yeah, and Ayanacho was not allowed in Poland apparently. Um, what? Why? Yeah, his, his documentation, I guess, failed. So they weren't allowed. So he didn't make the trip. What? <laughs> yeah, I just read this earlier today before the match. Um, yeah, Kalichi Ayanacho, uh, he, he was blocked from entering Poland due to, quote, insufficient documentation. Uh, and yeah, he, they didn't let him in the country, and, and Lester lost to uh, Legia today. So there was that. Oh. Um, they, they also didn't play Vardy or Ayanacho. So I, I guess I'm guessing they have an eye on their Premier League match, figuring that a week two Europa match is maybe not as important right now yet. Um, but yeah, so you, you say Leicester. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I'm going to go just with, with the sheer talents that they have. And I still think Brendan Rodgers is a decent manager. They'll get it together. 
You know, All right. So. Yeah, I think it'll be close. That's why I asked it, because honestly, I don't know who I'd pick. So I, I thought I'd ask you. I'll ask the people. Let's see what y'all say. Um, if I were to, I mean, I'll give my answer away. I, I was seesawing back and forth. I'll say like Lester by one point or two points. But anyway. Uh, is that because you think Lester is going to like dip that much or because Brian, like, wh- where do you have them? Like, because if it's one point, they're going to be back to back. So like, where in the table do you have them? Uh, I would put them probably at nine or nine and 10 or eight and nine. So I think Lester's going to dip a little bit and Brighton's obviously, I think going to get better. They're going to kind of match the XG they had last year. So that's what I think. Um, Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's my bull. Hey, I didn't make a bull. I called him my dark horse along with Brian early in the year. So we'll see if those, those match up. Um, But yeah, so the other matches of the week, I'll just kind of run down. Not too much going on there. Southampton nil Wolves won. I want to give a shout out to Raul Jimenez who has scored his first goal uh, back since the big head injury. So shout out there in the Wolves victory. Everton to Norwich nil. Andros Townsend, uh, talk sport host, scored a pen uh, along with Ducore. Uh, West Ham a road win against Leeds. Uh, Rafinha gave Leeds the lead early. Furpo with an own goal and Antonio with a 90th minute match winner. Gives West Ham the three points. And then Watford and Newcastle in a match that were was only watched by Elton John. Ends 1-1. Sean Longstaff, the goal for Newcastle. And, yep, Ismail Sar again, scoring for Watford. Do you just have, do you have anything about these matches? Okay. I'm, so, uh, I'm about to step in the elevator. I'll be back in, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> all right. So, while Arine steps out on the elevator, I will, I'll give my overview of the matches. Uh, again, quick shout-out to... Raul, big goal there. Um, oh, and Pookie Watch. He did not score, so no goals there. Obviously, if Norwich didn't score, we can tell Pookie didn't score. So that's a bit rough, but, um, you know, he was working hard. Uh, yeah, nothing really stuck out to me. I, I thought Antonio coming back and scoring was big for West Ham. Obviously, they're a team that, you know, they they won today in Europa also. I think they're going to be stretched thin because they seem to keep marching out the exact same lineup. You know, the goal scorers today, I believe, were Declan Rice, and I think Antonio scored again. You, you know, you sit there and think, well, how many times can they march out, you know, these same guys over and over? Or sorry, it was Ben Rama that scored the other goal. Uh, Antonio assisted Rice. Bowen uh, assisted Ben Rama, you know, how many times can they march out, you know, these, these uh, top players. Now they've gotten lucky that there've been some international breaks, but when we hit those, that stretch in December, that's when I worry a little bit about West Ham. Uh, Again, it's been a fun story. You know, you never know what's going to happen, but that's a team again, I'd say, let's just, you know, let's be excited, but let's hold the reins back. They sit in seventh right now, 11 points out of six matches. 13 goals, 4-8 again, so they're plus five uh, heading into that. So before Arne comes back on and we get into Around Europe, which is the new segment that we have, I just want to give the quick table update here, or top four, no surprise there. Liverpool atop with 14 points. City, Chelsea, and United all have 13 and are just separated by goal differential. The bottom three, Leeds with three points, Burnley with two, and Norwich with zero. So with that said, looks like Arine is not back yet, but I do want to start around Europe with the wildest result you might ever see. Sharif Tiraspol, 2-1 winners over Real Madrid. Uh, 
They had an early goal. Actually, Sharif took the lead in the first half. Benzema answers with a pen. And then a 90th minute winner in Madrid for Sharif Tiraspol. Again, uh, possibly one of the biggest upsets in Champions League history. Arena's back. You can guess what I'm talking about right now from just hearing that little bit. Uh, Sharif, the sheriff, is back in town. 2-1 winners over Real Madrid. Uh, oh, I wow. do want to mention, I do want to read something, though. Um, do you think, first of all, quick yes or no, is that the biggest upset in Champions League in recent memory for you? Yeah. Um, if we're not considering, like, situations, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like, in, especially in the, in the group stage, 100%, all of Champions League, um, if we're not considering situations, yeah. Okay. What's the situation you want to consider? Um, any of the three nils that Liverpool came back, like the Barcelona thing, and then okay. the Champions League final comeback. I mean, that's the odds for that must have been bananas if there was betting at the time. Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess in terms of though, like, hey, we're playing this team. I have no expectation yeah. for this team at all, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. <laughs> they did. I will give a shout out um, at underscore Zietz, Zito. I don't know if you know him. Uh, he tweeted, no way someone with Benzema's background was going to do well against law enforcement. So um, I thought that was a pretty funny tweet there from Zito. Be honest. So we've watched soccer for, I don't know how long, right? Um, We've definitely heard of Sheriff. Like I've, we've heard of him, right? Yeah. I mean, we've heard of him, but yeah. But like, I still had no idea what country they were from. I'm not going to lie. And it stunned me even more that, that they were from Moldova. I, (laughs) Bro, I thought Moldova was like a region in Europe. I didn't even know it was the country. <laughs> they can go hang out with the people of uh, of um, Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah, so Moldova is like by Russia for anyone that's yep. semi-interested. Um, I learned that. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's got to be the biggest upset uh, in, yeah. in Champions League history. Did you know you're or, you're, you are older than Sheriff Tiraspol? Can I take a guess on when they formed? Sure. 1998. Very close. Really? Yes. 99? The other way. 97. Yep. 1997. 27 years ago, as Tiras Tiraspol, they changed to becoming sheriffs, apparently. I don't know the exact reason. Um, they're nicknamed the Wasps. They're big back the blue people. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. And... Um, they, they got the win. There are a lot of memes that came out uh, that day after the win. I, I do want to give a shout out to Nikhil. Nikhil did post uh, Perez rebooting Super League after Madrid and City get knocked out of the first round. So um, looking at the City's result. Uh, but, you know, speaking of La Liga, or should we call them La Farmers Liga, and 3 nothing scores, Barcelona losing 3-0 to Benfica. How is how is Kuman still there? Yeah, um, I thought they were going to get rid of. I, dude, you want me to be honest? When I was wa- when I was seeing the results slash mm-hmm. watching the game, I was like, wait, I wonder if Ronald Kuman is still the manager, and he is because they were looking for a new manager like a week ago. But right. um, dude, he's completely lost that team, and. I think they need to fire. Even if it means having like some rando manage the team, they need to do it, dude. Because no one wants to be on that team right now that's there. Like, yeah. Jesus, dude. They need to get rid of him. He And no one else should hire him. I'm tired of it. Where has he done good? 
That's true. I mean, I guess he had How one good season with Southampton. How is this man getting jobs, bro? <laughs> Did he have one good season with Southampton? Did he? I don't I don't know. Did he coach Southampton again? Uh, he did. I just don't know when. When they had Sadio Mane. Well, I wonder why he did good. What the? F- <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. I mean, Real Madrid and still Virgil second in the league, huh? And Van Dyke. Yeah, that's true. Lalana. Um, I will say this: they're still in second. Sheriff is atop that group. They've won two matches now. They beat Shakhtar. So don't sleep on the Sheriff. Um. Speak of Madrid, Barcelona's in dead last, by the way. Dead last. No goals, 4-6 against. Uh, so La Liga teams, you know, I guess uh, Atletico had a good result, but the the, the superpowers in Madrid. Either, right? Huh? Sevilla, didn't they have a good result as well? Um, no, they lost to United. Oh, my God. So, and Atletico, I think, won because um, who did they beat? Was it, let's say it was AC Milan, maybe? And they had a red yeah. card. So oh, no, they drew, I think. They drew. No, they beat them on a late pen. They, there was a pen late in the game. Fuck. <laughs> I was but hoping it, for a draw for obvious reasons. It was going to be a draw, and then they scored, like, mega late. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so, again, the La Liga teams, you know, Ronaldo and Messi leave. I'm sure there's a lot more behind it, but um, – Big time trouble. I know Real Madrid's loss was more embarrassing, but do you think Barcelona's in more trouble right now? A lot more, yeah. In league too, because I think yeah. Real Madrid is still at the top of La Liga. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Real Madrid, because I still look at the quality of players on on each side, and I see um, see Real Madrid not necessarily if they're not signing. At least they're not signing like farmers. Whereas when I look at uh, Barcelona, they signed Luke de Young, who was awful. They're like, 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 why is he on Barcelona? Kuman brought him in. That's why, actually. It's because yeah. of Ronald Kuman. Yeah. I mean, that's not good because he played terrible. He missed like 90 chances. Um, yeah. Everything's down the shitter for, for Barcelona. So 100% Barcelona's fucked. All right. I can agree with that. So let's let's move around in Europe to the uh, Premier League sides, how they did in, in Champions League. And I think it's fair to say the best result was Liverpool winning away to Porto five to one. Uh, yes, with sir. that win, with that win, that puts them six points at you know at the top of the table. Atletico has four, Porto has one, and Milan have none. Uh, AC Milan have none. How comfortable do you feel now heading into the last four group stage matches? comfortable but um that draw would have been huge mm-hmm. um still work to do i mean for some reason liverpool does really good when they play in portugal just historically so um you know they're also i don't want to say it because we root for maritimo but um no uh, still plenty of time you know it's only been two games granted okay. two very good results but you know a lot a lot to play but couldn't go any better, right? Yeah, looking good there. Another team that, that bounced back. United 2-1 winners against Villarreal. Unai Emery losing a match. That hey one boys. was the one. That, yeah, that they, they are the draw merchants, but Ronaldo scored. That's the one I was talking about. Clutch goal really late, uh, you know, plus, you know, after the 90th minute. Uh, again, good bounce back win for United. But one of the stories of this match, I don't know if you saw it, was Van de Beek you know, finally reacted to not being subbed in. 
Um, they said he angrily threw his gum in the direction of the manager, slammed his bib on the ground when he wasn't subbed in. Um, you know, first of all, good good bounce back for United, but how bad do you feel for Van de Beek? <laughs> I don't know what he did, like, to not earn a spot. I mean, like, and when he did play, he wasn't bad, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm him, first of all, I'm wondering why he never – put in a transfer request last summer, you know, while you're still, while your value is still up, you can still go to a big club. Um, Cause the longer he sits, you know, the more his value drops and teams don't want him. So I think, I think he needs to like ask for a transfer on Wednesday or I mean, on in December, I don't know why. I said why. On Wednesday, <laughs> made it Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, this man wants to transfer in five days specifically. No, realistically and i think you can agree with me if you're someone with, with his age um this is this is a big time in his development his age and and you know before he completely loses confidence himself he needs to, if you're at least get a loan you know what i mean because yeah. they're not playing him in you know the itty bitty titty cup either. They need to. <laughs> he needs to play, bro. Like itty bitty titty cup. Like seriously, I'm I'm sure there is a club that will will take him all loan. You know, and um, it doesn't even have to be in England. Like, would you agree with that? Is that the Carabao Cup, by the way, the itty bitty titty cup? Yes, that's what we're gonna call it from now on. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of teams that would probably take him. Absolutely. I I just don't you know why. You kind of don't need him, though, right? <laughs> His position's kind of taken up by quite a few young players. Party. Right? Uh, Isn't he like a holding guy? If he is, then we'll take him because Shaka just got hurt for four months and, and Party's like the only guy. Hmm? How, so, in this week's edition of How Do You Feel About Shaka, I saw you good side of that side. No, I, I actually was one. A lot of people were upset, I guess. I don't understand why because – I, like, I don't know if they got hit with a rock in their head and forgot about what he did last match. Um, in general, it's good to not see Granite shot. I mean, I don't want him to be hurt like that, but it's good to not see him play. The problem is Arsenal really don't have other players in it. They didn't sign anyone in that position. They did, but he's 23. So Sambi Wakanga is going to be playing week in and week out. Now, That's what I'm he, saying, though. Lakanga is better. Yeah. He is, but if he gets hurt or if he has a little stretch, then you're relying on Maitland-Niles or, God forbid, El Nenny. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, so Shaka, <laughs> yeah. But but Van de Beek, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, based on what's going on now, if that's the position he plays, sure, I would take him. I think Arsenal wouldn't mind bringing him on in January because Arsenal have a few players going to AFCON. Thomas Party's going to AFCON. Elneny, uh, Thomas Party. Elneny's going. That position is needed, so maybe we can loan Van de Beek. Aubameyang. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Pepe. Yep. Pepe Le Pew. I, do, okay. I know I'm dragging this, but I saw I saw someone say, uh, it, it was actually part of Arsenal Twitter. He said, look, I know Pepe is quality, but no matter how we want to play him or where we want to put him, he just doesn't fit in our system, so we're best off selling him. Would you agree yeah. with that? I do. I think they're saying he's quality, but yeah. they just can't fit him. I think it's because you're thinking you can make a lot of money for him or a decent amount, not all that you spent, but if you make a decent amount back and you could spend in the other positions, because you looked at the 40 mil for him. Right? Yeah, and, and, and spend that on a central midfielder because you saw when you play Saka on the right, he's way better than when he plays on the left. 
play Smith Rowe on the left, play Odegaard up in, up the middle, you know, you're set there. And then in the backup position, you know, because I don't think Pepe is willing to play backup right now. In the backup, you can always put Martinelli in. You could switch Aubameyang back so Lacazette can place a match at one point in his life. So, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I think with his current situation, contract-wise and mentality-wise, this is going to be a hot take. Maybe they're best off not playing him. I don't, Ooh. I don't know, man. Lacazette. I, they aren't. And I, I don't know if they will. I think they're going to try to sell him in January. I think he – you'll be surprised by who Arsenal sells in January. Uh, I'd say look at Leno as the number one guy to be sold. Uh, Lacazette is another. Backup. You guys have a backup, though? Not – obviously, you guys have um, Ramsdale, but, like, who's yeah. his backup? Well, we have some children, so I'd expect them to maybe pick up, like, a cheap backup. I'm looking at someone like a Ben Foster from Watford, maybe. Uh he, he's come to the training ground quite a bit and taken pictures with, with the team. I don't know why. Ben uh, Foster, is he the one with the YouTube channel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good lad. I didn't know he still yeah. plays professionally, but shout out. Yeah, He does, and that's that. he would be a good serviceable backup. I think they I think they should get someone serviceable because I think – Good you, locker room chemistry too. Yeah, and I think you just hand the reins – and he's friends with, with Ramsdale. I think just hand him the reins and say, hey, this is your job. You know, take it and run with it. Don't, you know – I mean, it's always good to have competition, but, you know, Burn Leno, someone's going to be angry when you have two good keepers. So um, get someone that's willing to be the backup. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, this 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 has veered. Um, but, yeah, Sorry. good question. Yeah, Pepe, I would sell Pepe anyway. But um, but he's quality. I agree. Well, hey, you know what? If you're a fan of another Premier League team and you need Pepe on your team, it's in the consider. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's, he's good on the counter. I could see him helping a lot of clubs. Uh Let's talk about the Premier League teams that lost. Chelsea lost one nothing to um, Juve away. City lost two nothing away to PSG. Really, no big shame in those. I mean, Chelsea wasn't missing Conte due to COVID nineteen. He's going to miss. He missed that one. He's going to miss the Southampton match. Uh, yeah. Which one of these two losses was, if if damaging at all, you know, would you say was worse? Between what? City losing 2-0 to PSG or Chelsea using 1-0 one, one to Juve? Both away. Chelsea's 1-0 loss to Juve. Um, just because I think everyone had Chelsea winning that game, right? Uh-huh. If you had to bet on a, game, on a result, you would bet on it. But um, it's also not a good look. Um, well, yeah, no. I mean, and I think City was away. So that's tough at PSG against the three, arguably the three best attackers in the world. I mean, that's tough. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I would say too, that too, because we did shit on Juventus on the last pod. They've struggled a lot this year. And I thought that was the moment that Chelsea can take. Granted, the rest of their group is Zenit and Malmo. So they shouldn't have too many, too much trouble advancing. Yep. Um, I thought, and I'll give credit to Jeff here. I thought City actually looked pretty decent, even though they lost. Um, yeah, I would agree. But I think Paris just kind of put their chances away. And again, no shame in either one. You know, it's Champions League. It's the second match week. You know, two teams will advance. Now, notwithstanding any of the results we've talked about, yeah, which result would you say, because I have one in mind, would you say was the the biggest that might be damaging to one team or that might help another team out in this uh, in the Champions League? I know why you're going to say this. Um, I thought you're saying this too. Um, I, I, I think the most damaging was Chelsea, just because okay. still this is a game you should win. I st- the quality of Chelsea is much better than Juventus. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it helps, ironically helps City because everyone before the season started said Champions League final, you know, City, PSG, like who's going to win it? You know, those are your two answers most likely. So if they do meet again, they have a blueprint for each other and City being the lesser team this time around kind of can see what they can work on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And show them something different next time. So that's that's what I would say. Okay. How about, would you have a pick out of any of the matches that we didn't talk about yet? Um, no. Okay. I'll give you my, I'll give you my result that I think is damaging. It's a team that's been struggling in the Bundesliga as is. I think Leipzig, uh, Red Bull Leipzig losing at home to Club Bruges is damaging because now that puts Leipzig in, they're in group A. PSG have four points, Bruges have four points, City have three, and Leipzig have none. And um, I think for Leipzig, if they wanted any shot to upset City or PSG, they needed to get six points from Club Bruges. And I, I honestly think that, that that loss automatically eliminates them. They're the only team that I have – well, I mean, I've eliminated other teams, but team with ambition to make the next round that I've eliminated. So, And um, they might even not be in contention to make Europa League as the third-place team. So – I want to give a shout out to Club Bruges. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Uh, so, yeah. I was going to ask you, we kind of talked about, I mean, obviously we talked about them, but Sheriff stands on top of a group with Real Madrid intern Shakhtar at six yeah. points. <laughs> That's wild. So do you think that if you had to give from zero to 100%, obviously it's not going to be zero or hundred. What's Sheriff's chances of going to the next round? <laughs> Um, if I were to give a percentage, I, I mean, I, I hate to still be skeptical. I would, I would say 23%. Wow. Under 23%. Wow. No respect given to the sheriffs, mate. Woody would be upset. I'd still pick them at like, I'd still put them at like, I'd put them at 58% to make Europa. To get third place. <laughs> Mate, it's, I mean, they, it's a tough, it's a tough stretch of man. They got to play Real Madrid again. They got Inter twice and, and uh, Shakhtar away is no joke. So no, that's true. That's true. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, how about you? What, what percentage do you give them to advance? I'll give them, uh, I'll give them 30. Okay. All right, so not, not much different from mine. 33. 33, okay. So one-third. Okay, all right. So let's keep an eye on Sheriff. They're the fun team these days, I guess. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of the Champions League or Europe wrap-up. Is there anything you want to say about any of the teams before we move on? Barcelona, shocking. Um, Shout-out Salzburg, another team that – obviously, they're a big team in Europe, but when you look at the group they're in with Sevilla, Wolfsburg, and Lille – I mm-hmm. would have pegged them to be in last place in that group and they're in first. So this year's champions league is shaping up to be a, a bit bananas. So. Yeah. It, it's been fun. It's been fun. I think a fun ride, you know, I, I am shocked every time I look at the scores. So yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens there. And just as, also a, yeah, a, a quick, what was that? No, I said, what's up? Oh, I was just going to give a quick shout to the Europa. As I said earlier, um, Leicester losing to Legia. Warsaw oh, and uh, West Ham winning their match. Yeah. Against. 2-0. 
Who they Rapid Vienna, I think. Rapid so. Vienna. And you know yeah. what, man? Call me but, um, wild for saying that there is a group of death in Europa League. But I'd say West Ham's fucking in it, man. Dinamo Zagreb, uh, Genk, and Rapid Vienna. That's not – I mean, I don't care what anyone says. Those are some tricky-ass games. Yeah. And West Ham, 2-0. and And our boy, man of the match award, can you say who our boy is? Specifically your boy? My boy. West Ham won one man of the match? Yeah. Was it was it your boy Gerard Bowen? No, it's your boy. Ben Rama. It was Ben yeah. Rama, wasn't it? Okay, because I know he's been on an insane terror lately in league and uh Europa. So damn, yep. man. Looks like he's finally coming into form. Yeah, keep an eye. Yeah, West Ham leading that group. Leicester is last in their group, Legia, Spartak Moscow, and Napoli. So um yeah. Napoli's third, by the way, in that group. So that's wild. Um yeah, I, and I think Europa's even better now because Europe Conference kind of took away the shitty teams. Um, speaking great. of which, just a shout-out to, to, I guess, Tottenham did win their match 5-1 against um, a disease, I suppose. I don't know. Oh, wait, who would they beat? I don't even know this one. They beat some team named Mura, or is it Mers? Is it Mers the disease? So maybe I was wrong. But uh, what, what, what days do they play their game? It's in like the, today. Yeah. They played oh. today. Harry Kane had a hat trick against... <laughs> Against some team from well, I don't even know what Slovenia, Mura, who currently sits in fifth out of ten teams in whatever the Slovenian league is called. So good on them, nice win. All right, <laughs> uh, just a, a couple tidbits I want to cover. Uh, have you heard? And I, I maybe I've met, I don't know if I've mentioned him on the show, but I think there's a player to watch at Bayer Leverkusen, Florian Verts. Have you heard of him? Um, I think you mentioned him before, but it could have been off of the pod. Yeah, maybe I maybe I had mentioned him on the pod. So if I did, I apologize to everyone. He did score again. He's scored 10 Bundesliga goals now. And he's now the youngest player to ever reach 10 Bundesliga goals. He's 18 years old in 145 days. Can you guess who had the previous record? In the Bundesliga? To, to reach 10 Bundesliga goals. The previous guy was also 18 years, but 353 days old. He is retired now. Um, and I think he did it. Well, I won't give it away yet. Take, you can take guesses and I'll tell you what team he might've done it with. Um, shoot, man. It's not Lewandowski. No, this guy might've done it with Colm. FC Colm. Oh my God. Lucas Podolski. It, it is Lucas Podolski. Yes. 18 years, 353 days, former gunner, uh, Florian Verts, one to watch. And he scored again today. I, I come up with this fact when he scored in Bundesliga, but he he got a goal today um, in the Europa League for Leverkusen as well. They 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 cruised to victory. But man, I um, I'm going to try to catch one of their games because he keeps getting on the goal sheet. I've, I, he's a player I've been monitoring and I've seen a couple like YouTube clips. But I do want to see him in action because uh, you know those YouTubes can be deceiving. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Florian Verts again, one to watch just for everyone out there. Um, he might be like the next big name going around. I want to give another shout out quickly to there are a couple of big, big news items that came across one. And I think you might've mentioned this to me, like off, off the pod, like months ago, like many, many months ago when the Euros and the Copa America ended, but it's official. They're really going to have a meeting between the European champs and the Copa America champs set for June of 2022. Um, Italy will be playing Argentina. So I think it's, it's something that they're going to do from now on. So it's the first edition. Oh, wow. 
Any thoughts? Uh, is there going to be a trophy? Uh, I don't think it said if there's, it didn't say that there's a trophy or not, but I'd assume that yes, you know, my assumption is there should be something. I don't know what they'll call it. Um, another fun fact, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this, but Alan Campbell, he's an 88 year old goalkeeper who still plays for his local side, Penryn Bay Stollers FC out in Wales. A quote from him was, lately I've realized I'm getting a bit slow. The ball's past me when I'm still diving. So what? It's only fun. So just wanted to just give a wow. shout out to how amazing the game can be. And it's 88-year-old. It's still playing goalie. Uh, can you see my screen? Yeah. Wow. He looks like Colonel. <laughs> yeah, this will get retweeted. The, the intern will retweet this. But this man is 88 and still playing goalkeeper for his local side. So shout out to Alan Campbell. Uh, pretty cool thing I found. Uh, now, I want to ask you, you know, this is what I'll call kind of a deep thought question. There's a really interesting thing that was brought up from the Inter Milan head coach. Do you know, do you know what his name is? It is Stefano Pioli. Yeah. He states, and I want to know your thoughts on something like this. If we want to see more attacking football in the modern game, Bring in a rule where you can't go back into your own half once you've crossed the halfway line. What are your thoughts on, on that? Say that one more time. He said, if you want to see more attacking, bring a rule where you cannot go back into your own half no. once you've crossed the halfway line. No, 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 <laughs> no. Can you imagine? Here's my question. And so you, 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 you think he wants that rule? I'm not sure if he does, but did you hear about this or no? No. Okay, now imagine if this was said by like an American person. That's do you think they would? Do you think they would have been shit on a lot more? Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Like if someone like Bob Bradley or Jesse Marsh had said that, I yeah. bet you like people would be like, "What the fuck is wrong with this American?" But I think because this Italian lad said it, he kind of got away with it. Definitely, and that's definitely a terrible idea. I can't imagine <laughs> being a player and crossing the midfield line and just like. There's no passes. So what do you do? <laughs> it'd be a whole new definition of a tra- Yeah, it'd be a whole well, it would be a new definition of a trap. Teams would just trap you, right? I mean, at that point you just have to boot it. Like I could just see teams lining their players up near the halfway line. Just at that point it's it. a different sport, bro. Like it's that's terrible. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of beautiful plays, you know, connected through quick passing back and forth between the lines. And I think that it wouldn't make the game more exciting. I think it would make the game a lot more boring, actually. Agreed. Okay. So I'm glad we agree with that. Anyone else, let us know at the footy corner too what you think. Before we move on to another segment, as we are, I think we're moving pretty fast in this episode. Um, but before I move to the announce of the week segment, we got to talk about our boys. I know it's tough to talk about them. Maritimo, they they, you know, on any given day, a one nothing loss to Sporting is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but yeah. they fucked it away, and our yep. chat was outraged. Uh, can you tell the people what happened in this match? Because I kind of didn't. I didn't watch it, but then I I heard through the group so, text. Yeah, so Maurizio was parking the bus, safe to say, right? Playing for the draw. You know, it's tough. And then... Um, it worked for 95 minutes of the game. And uh, in a moment of rage, 
It was a turnover. <laughs> and um, the so moment Sporting of rage. Put Sporting put it away in the 95th plus minute, 90th plus five minute. And uh, Maurizio Mowak, that was zero points. That's just what it, what happened. And uh, we were so close to going into Benfica and Lisbon in one season and getting two yeah. points out of that. That's what hurts. True. And now we're looking at no wins in our last five. I mean, the goalie, Paulo Victor, how do you get two yellow cards as a goalkeeper? I don't know, man. You know, they shoot themselves in the foot. When they're playing soccer, like legitimately, they're good. But then it's these cards, these fouls, these Vidigal moments that just bite <laughs> us in the ass. Well, we think, I'm not going to try to jinx it, but we think... Guys, tune in today when you're hearing the pod. We play uh, Morirense. Morirense? Morirense. Um, yes, Morirense. Uh, Victor, the goalie, is, is ruled out due to the red card. He's suspended. Uh, Joel has been ruled out with a thigh injury. So, unfortunately, Joel will not be there once again. Shout out, Patterson. Uh, but this is a chance. You're playing a team. We're, we're in 12th. We're playing a team in 14th. At home, you would think... You would think it would go well. So those that are that are hoping to tune in, that will be at 1 p.m. Central to Eastern. If Nikhil's interested in joining the fan club, it's 11 a.m. where you're at. So Maritimo against Morirense. Let's go. Let's go, Mari. Let's get it wild. But if we're playing on the island at our home ground, not Nacionals, I like our chances. I might even bet for us. Honestly, I'm being serious. Yeah. Well, we should win that match. It, it does say right now the venue is home and Maritimo is favored. I mean, it is at their actual home. They're not playing at National Stadium. So, yeah, I think they need to win this one because we go after this. You know, you got a cup match against Varzim, who's yeah, – I don't know what division they're in. Uh, and then we have Vittoria Guimaraes, who's a pretty good team. So that's that's one to look out for. They make, uh, uh, they make Europa League sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, that's, they're a good team. And uh, so I think you got to pick up these three points uh, today. So let's let's hope our boys come through, uh, our boys in green and red, get it done. All right. So anything else you want to bring up before we go to the final segments? Um, no, 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 no. I don't have anything. I missed. All right. I always like to do a quick ask uh, if I missed anything. Let's first, before we go to this week's potential nonsense, let's figure out who our winner was last week. Uh, with 83% of the vote, my guess is there are a lot of bias voting here. Uh, Notre Dame won the nonce of the week for not letting in the Purdue drum. The Ravens fan who tattooed the score of the week two win over Kansas City got That's second place at 17%. And no one thought Hulk was a nonce. And uh, no one thought Thomas Strakosha, who um, is, is the uh, – who is Thomas Strakosha? The goalie from Lazio who yep. led in the goal. So, I mean, I guess I could see that. So Notre Dame won the nonce of the week. Yep. So now it's time to figure out who's this week, this week's nonce of the week. You are a nonce, fella. You're a nonce, mate. And we have, you have, we have five options to choose from. So it's up to you and me to cut it to four, and then we'll let the people decide. All right. So we'll start in college football. Um, again, you know, this, this by some can be seen as trash talking, uh, but sometimes it can be a bit wild. Appalachian State was against Marshall. 
at in Appalachian State's home, which is in Boone. I saw this. They they won thirty one to thirty. Um, but as I mean, so they won the game. So as a fan, when you win the game, dude, just celebrate your win with your with your team or like just cheer. But while the Marshall players were exiting the field, I mean, there were a bunch of expletives. Um, there were middle fingers. The people were talking about their mothers, and worst of all, they told the players to kill themselves. Um, which I don't know. I, I get trash talking the other team, but you, mate, you won the game. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are your thoughts? I saw what they were saying to the guys, and that's it. Was just fucking stupid, dude. Like, yeah. It's you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be an article that that's that the intern puts. But yeah, I, I will not say what was in that video. It was bad. Yeah. Um, typical, you know, I'm just going to say it. I don't care. Typical things you'd hear from the fucking mountain people. You know, <laughs> I don't give a shit. You know, the, hill, the hillbillies. Yeah. So it's fucking uncalled for and safe to say, I hope Appalachian State loses every game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and that's a big change from a team that upset Michigan, what, 16, 17 years ago now. It's been a while. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think they've uh, people are starting to not really like them. So anyway, <clears throat> now I'll move on to uh, someone that's being a little whiny. OGS Ole is back in the news. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Oh, yes. Um, I had to put this up there because you know, okay, I get it. Maybe you are saying, hey, you know, the the game is being it's it's more physical this season because the refs were told to let more go. Okay, so that's the context you have to think of in maybe not getting as many penalties. Or maybe Ole should think, hey, we got lucky in winning a lot of penalties last season. But he's saying that there has been a big, big difference in how many penalties they've taken since Jurgen Klopp made comments. Um, So Solskjaer apparently is saying that uh, we just have to hope we get what we deserve and we should have had three penalties in the last two games. I don't know, but there was a certain manager last year who was starting to worry about us getting penalties. And after that, it seems like the decisions are more difficult to give. So what are your thoughts on Olay blaming Klopp in a match they weren't even playing them in uh, about the, the penalties? Is he is he a mental midget? Yes. I'm not a big fan of Olay. Um, I think I'm repeating right Or Okay, there was an echo. Um, dude, he's a, he's a baby. He's not a good manager. He's not he fuck I dude I don't like Ole bro. He's honestly give can I hear your honest opinion? Is he is he fit enough to to manage Manchester United? I'm going to stick with the narrative that I I I think myself, you, Nikhil just I don't think he's the guy that's going to get him to the level they want to be. If they want to keep losing in in finals and maybe maybe getting second in a lucky year and and making Champions League, but I don't think he'll lift him to winning it. No. So okay. <laughs> I mean, he, he hasn't been like horrendous, but he's not special. Um, and to let something like this get to you, um, that, that tells me a little, a little more there. So uh, it tells me that he's frustrated and it tells me that he might not have the answers right now. So we'll wow. see. And that that's the direction he goes in. If you're, you're deflecting to a different manager of a team yeah. in a match, you can even play, you can even play them this year. So, fuck, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, so, yeah, two good two good candidates off the bat, but this one's, this one's pretty funny to me. So, Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys uh, right tackle Lyle Collins 
He he's been suspended uh, because he failed the league's drug test. Now, again, if you have a positive marijuana test under the NFL collective bargaining agreement, you actually cannot be suspended. But apparently this guy, Lyle Collins, had missed multiple tests. And then after taking it, he tried to bribe the test collector. And because of that, he will be suspended now for five games. Wow. Um, and he's trying to help. They're trying to negotiate a reduction, the Players Association, to a two-game plan, but or ban. But, yeah, I mean, mate, if you're not – I mean, if you're not going to get suspended for games under marijuana, which is what it was, then, then what are you – why are you running? So, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. And, and what also, makes you think bribing someone's going to work? Also, let me get that this out here. I'm pro, I'm very like, sure, like legalized drugs at this point. I don't give a fuck. You know, if you really want to get something, you'll get it. But if you're an athlete and you smoke marijuana, that is, in my honest opinion, very unprofessional. And if you're looking for quote unquote, the perks of it, there's something called CBD out there without the psychological effects. Uh So if you're smoking marijuana and you're a professional athlete, that's alarming to me if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, right. Because there's no reason for you to do it. Um, okay. yeah. So yeah. Uh, unprofessional on this guy. Uh, what's his name? Lyle Collins. Yeah. He's a nonce. <laughs> okay. So we have three good candidates. Let's go to the fourth one. It's Lee Griffiths. Many of you know him um, as a, um, Oh no, I was going to say top lad, but hopefully, uh, I don't take that back. Well, Celtic, Celtic striker. striker. Well, this could go two ways. This one might not be the, the you know, we have five. We got to pick four. You might be, this might be the one that's like on the border. Lenient. So, yeah. Well, Griffiths is on, he's on loan actually with to, to Dundee from Celtic right now. Wow. And he was charged with excessive misconduct by the Scottish FA over an incident during Dundee's premier sports cup defeat by St. Johnstone last week. What ended up happening was a smoke bomb made its way onto the pitch and Griffiths ended up kicking it back into the stands. Uh, so he was in a trouble for that. Yes, a smoke bomb. So He kicked a smoke bomb back into the stand. You know what that is? He did. And he apologized saying it was regrettable that the pyrotechnic ended up back in the stand as my intention was just to remove it from the pitch. So having just lost the goal, I was eager to get the match restarted as quickly as possible. And I would like to apologize for any distress caused by this action. Um, <laughs> but yes, Lee Griffiths kicked a smoke bomb back into the crowd. So I also want to see how, because, you know, it is in um, Scotland. Yeah. So maybe like their stands are like our high school games. You know what I mean? Where that's like, you don't need a powerful kick, which is what I'm assuming because <laughs> smoke bombs aren't the lightest thing on earth. And Correct. for you to move one back into the stands is kind of wild. Yeah, um, I would I would sort of liken their stands to like think about the players. stands were really small. Um you know what's a shame though? Bournemouth. That, that's you know what's a shame? That's happening, and the players getting a smoke at the end of the day, smoke bomb is being thrown onto the field, and the player and the person that's getting in trouble is a player. Right. And that's you know? why I, that's why I said this is borderline. Cause I mean, you know, he, yeah, who knows? He might be mad about losing and he might not be lying. He might've actually been just trying to get it off the field of play, yeah. but I don't, I don't know how you accidentally kicked that item all the way into the crowd, but 
Anyway, that's a far ex punt, me. <laughs> he did a madness. Uh, and the, the other one, now this is this is why it's a good competition. And I think, I think, in my honest opinion, Lee Griffiths will not make the final cut because this guy, who's our fifth one, Devin Williams, had you heard of him before? No, is he American? Yes. So Devin Williams plays for the Milwaukee Brewers. And Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. You, you sent me. Milwaukee will likely be without their top setup reliever. He's a big reliever for the playoffs after the right hander broke his pitching hand, punching a wall after having a few drinks following Sunday's game that clinched the NL Central Division. Uh, so this man, <laughs> they clinched the playoff berth and he punches a wall. His hand will require surgery and he will miss the postseason. This is our second best relief pitcher behind. Um... Is it Hater? Yeah, yeah. Yep. he is. He's like their setup man. So imagine if how pissed would you be if like you know the Sox setup man? I guess now it's Kimbrel had so, punched the wall at when they won the division. It's funny you say that because I was just having drinks with someone that's, and we were talking about it. We're like, why? You know, it's not like okay. So I guess I not that I would a hundred percent understand, but I would semi understand it if let's say like. I don't know, like you, it was a nail biter to get a playoff seed, you know, like you were just trying to so hard to get, but like Milwaukee was clear. It's not like they're, they're trying to get in with a magical run. Mm -hmm. So if that was the case, maybe you'd understand adrenaline hits the guy and you know, he does this, but it's like, bro, you, you guys were in, you know, you're, (laughs) what are you doing, man? Like my, my friend hypothesized that there was cocaine involved. Okay, well there we go. Wow, I mean it's it's possible because yeah, yeah. I mean there has to be something going through your mind there to do something so stupid. You know, it's legit going to cost them like genuinely. Like if they give up a home run in like the seventh or eighth inning and it and it loses them a series, it's going to be eyes on this lad that punched all. Did you say a hole through a wall or he just punched the wall? He just punched the wall and then his hand broke, so the the wall won. So, so he got TKO'd by a wall. I mean, that's wild, mate. It, very idiotic. So um, yeah. the Brewers, I think it's official as of today that they will be playing the Atlanta Braves in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, if oh, Atlanta wins that series, you look at this moment. And, yeah. You know, it's also official that the Sox will be playing Houston. That That's an official matchup now. Uh, a matter of where it is, I think the Sox need to win their last three. Houston needs to lose. So I think it'll start in Houston. So those two series have been set for all the baseball fans out there. Um, with that said, which knots would you eliminate out of those five? Would it be Lee Griffiths? It would be Lee Griffiths. All right. So our four options are the Appalachian State fans for telling Marshall players to kill themselves after a college <laughs> football game. <laughs> Ole Gunnar Skullshire for blaming Klopp for United winning any penalties this season, despite never having faced them. There is Lyle Collins, the Cowboys right tackle who tried to bribe a drug test collector. (laughs) (laughs) And Devin Williams. (laughs) After after just being marijuana and him not, he wasn't going to get suspended. Right. Right. Idiot. And then there's Devin Williams, the Brewers reliever who fractured his right hand after punching a wall following Milwaukee's clinching celebration on Sunday. And he'll be out for the postseason. So who's your, who's your nuts? I I think this will be Uh. a close one. This is tough. This is a really tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 
I'll vote for Lyle Collins on pure stupidity for trying to bribe a tr- drug test collector. That's funny. Yeah, I'm going to go with that just because that makes me think, though, maybe there was more to it that he thought he was going to get caught for and he it Could didn't come into the results. So that's my hypothesis on it. <laughs> Could have been. Yeah, you're right. Hey, there is. Yeah, there's always other sides to a story. Oh, I'm going to go actually with the with the lad, Devin. Yeah, the Devin lad Williams. that uh, broke his hand. <laughs> and that was missing the fucking playoffs, man. You played 162 games to get this opportunity and you're going to break your hand like that. I'm giving it to him. Yeah. He's a, he's a fucking idiot. So I, let's yeah. see who, who wins it. Uh, those are the four options. So we look forward to sharing the results in the big next episode. Let's now get to the final couple segments here. Week seven predictions before we jump in there. Let me give the scores from this past week. It was a rough, rough week. But the guy that's been leading the way the last few weeks, you actually, Arian, had the most points this week. You scored 18 points. Yes, sir. Steve scored 17 to kind of separate him. He was getting close to Nikhil at the bottom there. He's now separated himself into the middle pack. Um, He had 17. Nikhil, Brian, and myself all had 11. Jeff had eight uh, in in what was a incredibly rough week. Where does that put us? Irene is in first. With Can we eight. just have a moment of silence for Jeff having a week where he just got eight points? All right, let's give it. Okay, there it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, that puts Irene atop 89 points. Yep. A little separation between you and now tied for second are Jeff and myself with 78. So we're 11 behind you. And then Brian is two points behind us at 76. Steve is three points behind him at 73. And Nikhil, the caboose, at 62. But again, he missed a week. So he needs to hope that other people miss a week along the line or just he puts up some incredible numbers. So um, let's see if if he can get back on track. Uh, Everyone remember to make your picks at the footy corner, too. We still try to hunt you down to find tweets. The intern was able to do that last week. Everyone got him in last. We got a few last second ones. That's the beauty of us being on the show. We we won't miss him because we're basically on the spot. So you ready to go? Yeah, man. I mean, shit, guys, you might want to listen to me. I'm just saying. It's true, actually. Proof's in the pudding. I don't feel any confidence in my picks this week, so let's see what happens. Uh, The first match, Saturday morning, wake up, brew your coffee, Man United Everton at Old Trafford. I got United 2, Everton 1. I got to go Ronaldo, even though they've been stale. Yeah. Yeah. This is so fucking tough, bro. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 United. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what? Bruno Fernandes. Oh, okay. Non-penalty or penalty? Penalty. I'll give you a bonus if he does. So That hurts saying that, that they're going to win 2-1 because Everton are that team that I, I really like this year, but... You know, it's got that clutch gene. I don't know, man. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, we got United. I I agree. It's just this seems to me the kind of game that you everyone gets high on Everton and then they lose this game. I don't yeah. know. I feel like that that's what will happen. Yep. Uh, Chelsea Southampton at uh, the bridge. I just don't see any resistance from Southampton this season. <laughs> I got Chelsea three Saints nil. Got to go Lukaku. Yeah. Um. Actually, Lukaku missed a very good chance to tie it up against Juve. Mm-hmm. Very, oh, like wow. Timo Warner miss. Oh God! Um, 
But yeah, I actually have the same score, three nil, and I'm yeah, same thing as you. I don't know. Okay. I well, I feel pretty good now because if, if you're the leader, yeah. um, Wolves in Newcastle at yep. the Molino. I I'm looking at my pick, and I think it's is stupid now that I looked at it, but I'm just gonna stick with it. I have Wolves one, Newcastle one, Raul. Yep, I got two nil Wolves, Raul. Okay, there we go. It's a good goal score. I don't know why I have Newcastle tying because they stink. Uh, Burnley, <laughs> Burnley hosting Norwich. This is the game that if you if you watch this, you should get a prize. Yeah, um, and I feel like we say this every week with, with Norwich, but I mean they're playing Burnley. Uh, I got one nil, and I've Wood. It's my goal scorer. I got two one Wood. Okay, Burnley. Burnley. There we go. Two one Burnley Wood. Leeds hosting Watford Wankers. Yeah, Leeds two Watford one Bamford. I got Leeds um, Leeds three Watford. Nil, Bamford. Ooh. All right, got some similar goal scores. Now this one is, I think this one was a tough. Is a tough one. I fancy Brighton. Grand Potter's done well against Arsenal at the Amex. Brighton and Arsenal, but I got it. I got it. I feel good, so I got to keep rolling with that good feeling. I got Brighton one, Arsenal two, and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yep, um, I like one two and Aubameyang. Okay. And, and you, you know what you call, I almost want to say one, three, but I don't want to get too high on the attack. You know, yeah. after last week, um, if they, if they attack well this week, I might ride high score lines for, uh, for Arsenal moving forward. Oh, wow. I don't know. I feel their like defense come back is what her. surprised me. Their defense, man, yeah. their defense yeah. is what's doing it for me. They're young. They're young. They're young back line, but, uh, I think they'll come back down to earth, but you, you called it. You actually even said, you didn't say this today, but you said in that prediction, if they want to win a bombing has to score. And he did. So yeah. you did say that on the last episode, uh, Tottenham hosting Villa. Now let's see how we feel about them. Um, you, you said they don't have sands for playing anymore this season, yeah. their home matches. Right. I think, I think if they did, it would play once and I have them drawing one, one against Villa. And I think this is the match that Harry Kane finally scores a goal. Call me crazy, but I got 2-1 Tottenham Harry Kane. I don't know why. It just seems like one of those games that this is they're going to get three points from. Yeah, they, they're going to have to stop the bleeding at some point. This this could be it. And a good know. result against the high school they played today, and they'll be riding a little bit high on it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kane did get his confidence. did get a hat trick, yeah. so came on for 45 I like minutes. We should, I mean, I know you have every way, but I feel like I shouldn't shit on Tottenham that much. So Tottenham 2-1. I'm only doing it because... They shit on me when we were bad. Now it's my turn. So, but, but hey, I picked them to draw. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, West Ham hosting Brentford. Match of the week. This is your match of the week. This is my match of the week. Really? Over United Everton? Over, over Liverpool Man City? I was going to say, mate. Um, yeah, I think Liverpool is going to cruise. Okay. So West Ham Brentford is your match of the week. Yeah. Uh, not That's just not, Oh, come on, mate. Like, all right. You're, you're going to be surprised with what I pick because I'm a big Brentford guy. But I'm going. I'm going. West Ham three, Brentford one. Mikel Antonio. Wow, I'm gonna go two two. You know what? You're probably gonna be right because West Ham just played their like whole team today. So two two West Ham uh, two two uh, Mikel Antonio. All right. So we have. We've. I think we've had the same last seven eight goal scorers. Uh, I almost want to pick four nulls, but uh, no, no. Well, stick with what you what you think. This one might be different. I think we'll have different goal scores. Palace, Leicester. Mm-hmm. I, I've been underwhelmed with Leicester. It's at Palace. Leicester played today. 
Palace yep. is tricky at home, 1-1 in my opinion. And I think Otsun Edward will score. <laughs> Why are you laughing, mate? Who? Edward, the, the lad they got from Celtic. Oh, the Celtic lad. Okay, yeah. I'll go. I'm going to go 1 2 Leicester and I'll go Jamie Vardy. <laughs> That's why I said we we're going to have finally different goal scorers and you laughed at me. <laughs> yeah, bro. All right. Liverpool hosting Man City. Um, I take it you'll be watching this instead of uh, the Bears. Yes. Um, and I don't blame you. Uh, this one was tough for me to pick. I went 2 2 Mo Salah. I could see 3-2, but I went 2-2 to be safe. I'll go... Uh, it's either going to be 2-0 or 3-0. Ooh. I'll go... Three. The lad's going to be up for it. At Anfield, give me 3-0. Mohamed Salah will score two. Was, was 3-0 the score uh, two or three years ago when they played that one that one game? I was at a bar for it. Yeah. Bar on bananas. Okay. Yeah. I remember that one. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, that should be a fun match. Um, I can't I will definitely City getting past the lads this this week. It's at Anfield, man. City gets stage fright with fans. Come on, you can't forget it. <laughs> well, that's why. I mean, I, I lean on win, but I think it could be. I don't know why. Why would I think what I thought? Why wouldn't I just put one or two nil? But I'll I'll, yeah, I'll go two two. Five thousand scousers breathing down your neck. It's gonna be tougher, City. I'm telling you. It'll, it'll be a wild game. It will be a wild game nonetheless. So we'll see what, what comes that. Everyone else make your picks at the footy corner too. That's definitely the game of the week, even if Arnie's bantering. Uh, <laughs> let's, now, let's now go to our final segment, the gambling corner. And this past week was not great, my friends. Not great at all. Steve won the week by not making any bets. He had zero dollars, made no bets. Uh, <laughs> Trevor lost two fifty on a Liverpool United Everton parlay, as two of those teams did not hit. So I mean, he wasn't really even close. I lost two ninety five. I had a United Everton parlay where I lost five, and I had the West Ham Brighton parlay, which neither won. Uh, or no, West Ham did win. Brighton drew. But mm-hmm. Arsenal won me the money. They they won me 405. So that's why I wasn't super negative. You and Brian have been making the big parlays, <laughs> and both of you lost another 10. You were one away from winning it. Yep. You had Everton and Wolves correct. Uh it's just Liverpool that, that didn't do it for you. And had they held on, you would have won 55-14 and probably been in first. But lo and behold, you sit there. Brian. Brian missed three of the four in his same game parlay. Um, he had United most corners. They had the same amount as Villa, so he missed that. He had United lead at half and win at full time. Missed that. Ronaldo goal score. Missed that. Um, but there was a poster crossbar hit, so he lost his ten bucks. So where it stands, Steve is in first overall at twenty nine seventeen plus. Trevor's in second at plus twelve forty. I'm in third at plus one eighty. You're in fourth with minus 2859. Mate. <laughs> Brian's in last at minus 2912. But I'm telling you, the way you guys bet, if you hit one, you know, you'll, you'll steer back in the right hey, direction. And I have news for you. You have a winner this week. This is the week, mate. This is the week. Do you want me to go first or do you have yours right on tap? <laughs> you, you go first, mate. All right. Here's my situation. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel great about my picks this week, but I made them. 
Um, I've got what I first call the London parlay. I've got Chelsea at minus 260 beating Southampton, and I'm parlaying them with West Ham to also win at home. So that's the risky one against Brentford. Uh, and they're at minus 125. So if I parlay them, it's plus 149. I'm putting five bucks to win 746. That's half my money for the week. So it's who and who? Chelsea and West Ham. Chelsea and West Ham. Five to win 746. Then. Didn't you have, wait, didn't you have Brentford winning in your predictions? No, 3-1 West Ham. Oh, that's right. That's right. Although I'm nervous because they just played today. So we'll see. Uh, Or yesterday, right? Um, I've, I've, Arsenal two weeks in a row have won me money. So they're, they're plus 155 at Brighton. I put $3 on them to win 465. Let's see what happens. And my wild shot that's never hit any of the weeks I've done it is a Leicester Palace draw plus 245 on that one. So I'm putting $2 to win 490. So we'll see. So again, my picks, Chelsea West Ham parlay, Arsenal straight up winners over Brighton and a Leicester Palace draw. Nice. I'm guessing you have one parlay. I have a parlay. (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. Six team parlay. Oh, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm writing it. All right. So do you want me to say the line for each one or just the ending line? You could just, uh, I trust you, just say the ending line. I I have proof here if you want. Yes. um, I got Chelsea against Southampton minus 260. Uh Yep. That's an easy win, mate. That's in the, if you just put your mortgage on it. Okay. um, Even if it's a separate bet. Chelsea, Southampton. And then Wolves against Newcastle, minus 150. I really like Wolves there at home. Easy uh-huh. W. It's easy. And then Sir Elton John, I'm sorry, mate, but I said Leeds was going to pump your Watford, so I had to put him in the parlay here. Minus okay. Yeah. This is the tricky one that I'm most worried about. Burnley against Norwich. I have Burnley. Uh-huh. I think Burnley is going to edge this one out by one goal. And then obviously the easy one this week is, is Arsenal at plus 155. Oh, wow. uh-huh. uh, love those odds. So I had to yeah, put that yeah. one in there. Um, and then Liverpool. <laughs> you you had Palace and Leicester drawing. I have a tie or Leicester win. Okay. Minus 250. Okay. Um, this accumulates to plus 2,581. <laughs> so. In essence, so five dollars to win one hundred and twenty nine dollars and five cents. Wait, how much would it win? One hundred and twenty nine dollars and five cents. I reckon that if you hit this bet, you're going to win the league. Good lord! I'm, okay, I'm, yeah. I mean, six games are tough, man. You think? I mean, if one of which one are you the most nervous about? Burnley against Norwich. Okay, because I don't know, mate. I, I thought know. you were going to put Liverpool in there for a second. No comment, mate. Okay. Well, after last week, you're going to hold them out. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair enough. All right, guys. I don't so want to talk about it. Just, you know. I understand. I understand. All right. So let's see how it works for everyone. Um, I'm expecting also a wild parlay from Brian because he's done it as well. Um, Steve, make those bets. Uh, and Trevor as well. I, he's been making them. So I, I'll, I'll expect something from him. And uh, we'll see where it goes. All right. Anything you want to say before we sign off and and uh, let all the lads and lasses off for their happy weekend? Shout out. Shout out to the listeners. Yes. Shout out to the listeners. And next week is our big episode. It It is is. the 100th episode. Um, We've had multiple suggestions. 
we'll see what happens. We'll take, we'll take some suggestion and we'll, I'll aim for earlier in the week. Uh, but it'll ha- it'll come out when it comes out. You know, I, I, I try to make it before Thursday, so we'll see if we can do it, you know, earlier so that people don't have just Friday to listen, but, uh, I'm also traveling to Los Angeles next Friday. What's that? Oh yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you won't be around. That would be preferred. Um, <laughs> yeah. So likely uh, earlier in the week, uh, likely panel. Um, as we head into the international break, we'll probably just review some of the Premier League matches. Um, and then, you know, because it's a panel and it'll probably go long, we'll leave it at that and see what happens. So uh, then in the next one, we'll talk about some of the international matches and goings on. All right. No last comments, Ryan? No last comments. So with all that said, uh, let's turn it over to someone who finally had a result other than a draw, a loss. Our boy, Unai Emery. Aloha. Also, shout out SpongeBob. Heard he broke up with Sandy. Uh, So shout out SpongeBob. Stay strong. Aloha. Love you guys. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening, 